Praise God. Amen. Well, happy Sunday to everybody watching online. Praise God. This is a live service. We are so happy that you're here. And everyone in the audience, God bless you. It's nice to see you today as well. Why don't you have a seat? Make yourself comfortable. Praise God. We'll only be here for three hours. Oh, just joking. Praise God. Hallelujah. Although we've done that many times over. <laughs> I don't really have a three-hour message planned, but we'll still have a nice time together today. Amen. Glory to God. One more time, just lift your hands and say, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing in our lives. Praise God. The Lord is so good. He is so good. Praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles today and go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 5. And we're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings uh, just a little bit later in the service today. I want to share a message with you that the Holy Spirit has put upon my heart. Glory to God. So happy to see everyone in the audience. And of course, so nice to have everybody on the internet world watching us today, feeding on the good word of God. And I believe God has a message that will speak to your present situation. Praise God. The word of God is the living word. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Is that correct? Amen. To God be the glory. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that as we go into it, that your spirit would breathe life upon it. And let the eyes of our heart be illuminated. To be able to grasp it, extract the message and apply it to our lives. Now, we thank you for this work of your Holy Spirit, that he's very active in our lives today. In Jesus' name, let's all say amen. Praise the Lord. I feel, I sense the Lord's anointing. Amen. Uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. To hear the word of God. How does faith come? By hoping, by hearing, right? Now, we, we know that Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing. If you were to read that in the, in the original Greek language, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Pastor Stephen, I heard it twice now. That's enough. No, you're probably just getting started because what will happen, you'll wake up the next morning and, and it's, it starts to fade out. Okay, starts to fade out. So you're... Your theology for victory in Christ, you have to hear it because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pollution in the world that would try to strip it from you. Praise the Lord. There's a lot of other things that will try to crowd in there and compete for what? Your hearing. Praise the Lord. So I really believe that these great crowds, these great multitudes, that one of the key things that they needed was hearing the teaching. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And of course, when we act upon the Word of God that we hear, then it begins to produce the victory in our lives that we so strongly desire. Can you say yes? Praise God. So they pressed about him to hear the Word of God. And it says, uh, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. That's where the crowds were at. The lake of Gennesaret, also known by our more modern terminology, the Sea of Galilee. How many of you know it's not actually a sea, though? This is not the Atlantic Ocean, right? <laughs> you, can, you can stand on one side, you can see across it, you can get in a little boat. Uh, it won't take you that long to get across it. It's a, it's a lake, but it's known to many people as the Sea of Galilee. It's actually the lowest freshwater lake 
on, on the earth, on the face of the earth. And the lowest lake, the lowest place on the earth, uh, the Sea of Galilee actually flows into. What's that called? That's called the Dead Sea. Why is it dead? Because nothing can live in it except some very rare types of algae and some uh, certain types of bacteria. But that's it. That's it. So you have to understand that when, when that Jordan really begins to roll during uh, rainy season, uh, it flows uh, into the Sea of Galilee. And then, you know, things swirl around in the Sea of Galilee. And then it will also empty out into, from there, down into the Dead Sea. So it's possible to see all kinds of living things swept from the Sea of Galilee down into the Dead Sea, right? Fish, frogs, all kinds of stuff. But what happens when they get into the, the uh, Dead Sea? They die. That's why it's also called the Dead Sea. Amen, right? Okay, so a lot going on here around the Lake of Gennesaret, or what we know as the modern-day Sea of Galilee. You know, it was only a few decades ago in Israel that uh, almost all of the drinking water provided for the nation of Israel came from the Sea of Galilee. But today, because of some uh, modern technology that the Israelis are so famous for, only about 10% of the drinking water for the nation now actually comes from the Sea of Galilee. Well, you may have ever wondered, where does the water come from that feeds the Sea of Galilee? Where it comes from the Jordan River, okay? And that's coming from the, the mountains that are in the Lebanon area, Syrian area, flows down Mount Hermon. Uh, when, when the snow begins to melt and all of that stuff, that begins to feed into the Jordan, and the Jordan feeds into the Sea of Galilee. So the Sea of Galilee is fed by the Jordan River, but what a lot of people don't know is that the Sea of Galilee is also fed from underwater springs. Uh, I'll talk just a little more about that in just a few seconds. Now, in, in this very year that we are in right now, in this very week right now, the Sea of Galilee is at record lows. Uh, they actually started taking measurements in 1924, and the sea is lower now, the, the Lake of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, is lower now than it's ever been before in recorded history. So it's actually approaching, uh, it has even dipped up below it a little bit uh, this year, what's called the black line. What is the black line? That is a line that ecologists say if the lake ever gets below that level, then the entire ecosystem of the lake will can, can be changed forever. Why? Because it's so low, nothing can even flow out of it. If nothing flows out, it becomes a dead body of water. Mm. So they, they, have a, they have a major problem. They have a major problem. Oh, by the way, if you go to Israel right now and go visit the Sea of Galilee, you could actually see islands now in the middle of the lake because the water level is so low there's islands sticking up that never used to stick up for hundreds and hundreds of years the beachfront hotels you now have quite a walk to the beach <laughs> I mean it used to be like I'm talking 20 feet it's not 20 feet from the hotel uh, back door anymore it is receded dramatically now um, here's the problem that uh, Israeli eco uh, ecologists have, the ones that monitor the water and oversee, you know, the health of the nation with these areas with water. The problem is, is that the lake is getting so low that the underground springs that also feed the water 
They're a problem. Why? They feed the lake salt water. You get too much salt water, we've got Dead Sea number two developing. So we don't want that. So we have, we have a problem. Remember, the lake is not that far from the Mediterranean, which is salt water, right? So although it's inland, it's still, and it's very low, these underground springs are feeding it salt water. And so there is not enough fresh water on top to dilute the salt water that also comes into it. So what are they going to do? Uh, the Israelis are very sharp. They are in the process of building a pipeline that will take water from the Mediterranean, that's salt water, right? It will go through a desalinization process which turns it into fresh water and they're going to be pumping that into the Sea of Galilee. Very fascinating. A 1.3 US billion dollar project. Put it in American money. 1.3 billion dollars. The Israelis lead the world in desalinization. See, here's the, the remarkable thing. The other Arab countries, uh, and particularly Saudi Arabia, are very advanced in desalinization, taking salt water, turning it into fresh water. But the Arab countries have had the luxury of tremendous oil money to do this. So they don't, they don't really care how much it costs. Why? We have oil money. Desalinization, very, very expensive. But you know, when you have all of this extra oil money, let's just use it. We need fresh water. We're all in the desert area. Let's just create all the fresh water we want. Who cares how much money it takes? Israel had, did not have that, that, that option of financial strength. So they had to figure out through the wisdom of God, through technology, how can we do this, turn salt water into fresh water without spending all of this massive amount of money and usually energy that's involved to get this done? And they have figured it out. And they're thriving. They're thriving. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. So, so many things even today going on around the Sea of Galilee, 2,000 years later, the old Lake of Gennesaret. Okay, now verse 2. Okay, Jesus, uh, he sees two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Some things, despite the passing of time, even 2,000 years, don't change. People like to throw their junk in the water. People throw it, if you live next to a river, they throw it into the river. Use bicycle, the tires are blown out, throw it in the river. We've got this old refrigerator, who wants to pay $200 to have it hauled to the junkyard, when right over here, there's a river. Just throw it in the river. Same thing in the lake. If, if you're done with it, you don't know what to do with it, and it's past its expiration date, throw it in the lake, right? So even back then, although many of the things were more organic, you know, not, not like plastic or soda cans and stuff like that. It doesn't matter. You still need to clean your nets. Why? People throw all kinds of junk into the lake. And when you are working with your nets, let, let me see if I can explain it to you how, how it would work. Back in those days, they would take a net. One man could operate it. You would take the net and you would throw it. On the corners of the net, there were weights. And you would throw that net out there and it would fan out as you threw it. And because of the weights, it separates, and it also begins to sink. As it begins to sink down into the water, you pull it, okay? That string that you pull actually 
connects from you in the boat all the way out to the net, but it wraps around that net, and when you pull it, it begins to close the net quickly, and now you've closed the net, you can catch your fish, and you can also pull the net back to the boat. Isn't that nice? Okay, but of course, you could also catch... Uh, you know, remember, because things are flowing into the, the Sea of Galilee, they are flowing in from up above, down through the Jordan River, and so all kinds of stuff, sticks, leaves, debris, who knows what. You could also get that caught in your nets, and so you have to do what? You have to clean your nets. Even if you're in fresh water, you still have to clean your nets because stuff gets in the water, right? Praise the Lord. The fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Fisherman, very interesting. Simon, Peter, was a, what was his occupation before called in the full-time ministry? Peanut butter maker? No. What was he? You scholars help me. He was a fisherman. He had a brother named Andrew. What was Andrew? A fisherman. They're fishing together. Ah, but you had the sons of Zebedee just right up the beach doing something very similar. James and John were what? Fishermen. So we know for a fact that four out of the twelve were fishermen. And church history tells us that Philip was a fisherman before he got called into the ministry. So we could be looking at five fishermen. These are men that made their living. Understand that. This is not, this is not side time job. They made their living fishing. Anytime you are doing something for 40 hours a week, you're going to gain knowledge, even if you don't even try. You're, just because you're in it, you're, you're going to start learning about it. Even if you think, this is not my thing, well, it will become your thing because you are thrust into this environment, and you'll just learn by some of its osmosis by being around it. Praise the Lord. I remember when I got thrown into the plumbing world, with, uh, working with Kelly's father, who was a master plumber. He did plumbing for, I think, 45 years or something like that. And I'm in the back of the van, and we're on a plumbing job. He said, um... He said, Stephen, he said, toss me a, a 90 degree a galvanized elbow. I said, how do I tell if it's galvanized or just, you know, like standard? He said, he said, seriously, you don't know that? I said, no, what's the difference between like, you know, this, you know, steel pipe, iron pipe and galvanized? He said, no, you're not, you don't, you mean you don't, you don't know that. I said, no. <laughs> you, know, you know, of course, galvanized is dipped, it's treated so it won't corrode. But, I, but you know, well, I'm, I'm learning. I'm thinking, I, see, I'm thinking I'm just passing through this. This is not going to be my lifelong, you know, vocation. But I, I learned. I got, through in, I got thrown into it, and I learned, and I learned. And, and really, I'm really glad I, I learned that. I can walk into any kind of building, whether it's residential, commercial, stuff like that. You take me back to the mechanical room. I can understand everything that's there. Why? I just, you know, I was in it for years, and I just picked it up, picked it up, and now I knew. So these guys are serious fishermen. They do it for a living. You've got to feed their, their families. So it all is based on, we've got to catch fish. Is that correct? They're washing their nets. Praise God. Something that, that was essential for them to do. Verse 3. Then he got into one of the boats. Jesus did. He got into one of the boats which was Simon's. Hmm. Now, Josephus was a Jewish historian. And Josephus wrote and chronicled all kinds of... He's the one that chronicled the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD. He actually witnessed it with his own eyeballs. So he's living right around this time frame. And Josephus said that during this time, 
on the Sea of Galilee, there were 230 boats owned by professional fishermen. Okay, so there's a lot. You, so you go there today, you see that you see the, the beautiful lake, and you just see a few boats that you can go out on, and these are like you know rental boats that you can go out on the lake and kind of. Exp but you you look all over the place, maybe you see six or seven boats. Okay, but at that time there were Josephus counted at least 230 boats owned and operated by professional fishermen. So Jesus selects one boat. And he's going to go into the boat of who? Simon. Mm -hmm. May the Lord get in your boat. Praise God. Mm -hmm. And asked him to put out a little from the land. Did you ever stop to think he's renting Peter's boat? Hmm. Everything you do for the Lord, in a sense, you're working for him. He's the best boss you could ever have. Now, I, I work, in a sense, directly for him. You understand that. But just because I'm in the ministry and maybe God's called you to a different vocation does not exempt you from still working under the, the, the rulership of good King Jesus. And if you serve him on your job and just in, in your life, in the things that you do, I'm telling you, uh, nothing goes unrewarded with the Lord. Nothing. So, in a sense, it's like he's renting Peter's boat. Do you think he's going to compensate Peter for that? Or do you think Jesus is cheap and will try to escape out the back door once he's done using the boat? <laughs> you know, use the Hertz rental car and then turn it in after hours and just, you know, never pay. Well, they still got your credit card information. They're going to charge you anyhow, right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. And he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. It is true that there on the Sea of Galilee, that when the water is very calm and still, that the, the water is able to create like this reflective element of your voice. And you can sit in that boat, speak to those on the land. Your, your voice skips over that water just like you can take a rock and make it skip on water. If you throw it real hard, it skips on the surface. Your voice will do the same thing, and it hits the land. And because there's an embankment and, you know, people are all over the land, it just kind of goes up and will cover everybody. No need for a, loud, a loudspeaker. Isn't that nice? Praise the Lord. That way you don't have to haul around this big PA system all over the Galilee. See, Jesus, the majority of his ministry is all in this area. It's all around what we know as the modern-day Sea of Galilee. Praise God. So he's teaching, don't ever, uh, how can I say this? Don't ever think that the basics aren't important. You need the shallow water teaching. Now, I know we want to move to the deep, but you'd be shocked at how many people have never had even a shallow water teaching. They don't even know the basics of salvation, some of them. They got, they got saved, but they have no idea of what it actually meant when Jesus went to the cross. You, you, un, you do understand thousands were crucified on the cross? Not, not that exact cross, but that was the Roman execution penalty. for the, That was the death penalty. If you did something, you got the death penalty, you were crucified on the cross. So you, thousands were crucified on the cross. What makes Jesus so special? See, see you, you need to understand basic mechanics of salvation, basic mechanics of faith, uh, some of the, 
what Paul would say, the elementary doctrines mm, of the church. Woo, praise God. Amen. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Hallelujah. So he taught the multitudes from the boat. The multitude needs teaching. That's why we teach on the internet. That's why we are very, very close to, to teaching on television. I'm so thankful for your support for what you have helped us to do with television. Um, what God is doing is absolutely beautiful there. Oh, I, I, I can't let the cat out of the bag. But what you are empowering us to do, uh, we are being able to do it the way that it should be done. We are able to present it. What's coming together can be presented from a platform that, that can go global. Praise God. And it's taken a lot longer than what I thought. That's because the Lord's helping us to do it right. But is it ever coming together? Is it ever coming together? Praise God. We, we have the executive producer in order, the producer in order, the all down the line. I, I mean, all the cameramen, all of the, oh, it just goes on and on and on. But the whole thing has now been set in order. Everything is getting uh, laid out the way it should be, and we are moving forward, and it is amazing. Why? Multitudes need teaching. What do you do after you're saved, and you don't know how to live in victory? You need teaching. You need teaching. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Can you say yes? Oh, hallelujah. Well, let's go out to the deep. Can we do that now? When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Hmm, hmm. Simon has no idea that the Lord's about to pay back for the rental of the boat. <laughs> I'm telling you, everything you do for the Lord, there's a reward in it. Hmm. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Hmm. The Old Testament most reliable manuscript that the leading theologians trust the most is called the Masoretic Text. It's the most accurate, most proven, validated text that there is and some of the best translations are best are based off the Mas Masoretic text the most accurate New Testament Greek manuscript that we have is called the Textus Receptus and I'm reading from the New King James Version and it's based off that the old King James Version is based off that some, some of the other good translations are based off it as well it makes a difference it makes a difference Launch out into the deep and let, your, and let down your nets for a catch. If you have highlighter or pen, please underline the word nets. N-E-T-S, it is plural. And in the Texas Receptus, you better believe it's plural. Mm. Praise God. Jesus gives him an instruction. Praise God. Let down your nets for a catch. But Simon, the professional fisherman, right? Now, the others aren't on the boat with him, right? The others are all, the, you know, there's going to be a, a compilation, a pulling together of that 12. I'd have to think, though, that probably what, what Simon is about to pull, if the other fishermen, Andrew and James and John, I would have to think that if they'd been in that boat too, they'd all be in this same group together of what Peter's about to do. But Simon, and answered, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, 
we have toiled all night. You have to understand that these are professional fishermen. You don't fish during the day. Why? Because the Sea of Galilee, for those of you that have been there, you've known this, you can, you can get out on that lake, you can look over the side of the boat, you can, you can see straight down 20, 30 feet, no problem. It is so clear, it is, it is so clean, it's like a, it's got the tint uh, of an, like a, like a light green whitish color, and it is, it is very transparent. So any fish down there, they just look up from way down there and say, somebody's throwing the net, time to leave. We can see it coming from 50 yards away. See it up there? Let's swim on somewhere else. You don't fish during the day. And so Peter, of course, knows that. Um, he thinks Jesus doesn't know that because Jesus is not a fisherman. Right? Okay. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Hmm. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Please underline the word net. Notice that it's not plural. Jesus said, basically said, let down your nets. Unload all your cannons. Throw them all. Throw them all. He says, Lord, you understand he's just trying to appease the Lord. Probably a, a little snicker. <laughs> he don't even know what he's doing. He, I know he's a good rabbi, but he sure don't know nothing about fishing. I ain't going to waste my time. So Jesus says, he says, let down the nets. Peter puts on his religious, best religious impression. Yes, master, I will let down the net. But see, he's tired and frustrated. Why? No fish, no money. No money. This is not just about trying to eat. This is how you live. This is how he lives. It's based on catching fish. So don't tell me there's no frustration. This goes beyond physical fatigue because you stayed up all night. He did that all the time. But to do all of that, and now, you, I mean, it's not like you, when you see, when you have your own business, it's a different feel. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Because, you know, if you have your own business and you didn't get the sale or the contract, if you're totally commission-based, you ain't got no money. And if you didn't catch any fish, he's going home with no money. So he's going to appease the Lord. He's going to throw the net. Hmm. And when they had done this, he throws the net, they caught a great number of fish, and their net, notice the word is net, Texas Receptus, it's no longer plural, it's all singular from here on out. The net is now doing what? It's breaking. It's breaking. Can I give you some breaking news? Good nets don't break. But an old rotten one will. Nets that have had the time to have been cleaned thoroughly, properly taken care of, those are your good nets. Peter doesn't want to get the good nets dirty. Why? Because he thinks nothing's going to happen anyhow. Hmm. So he's not, he's not going to take the good nets that took a long time to clean. He's going to grab an old dry rot net. That's just left laying over there at the end of the boat. Let's just get that and throw that one over. Certainly Jesus don't know the difference. He ain't a fisherman. He don't know nothing about fishing. Mm -hmm. So they began to sink. 
When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Why is he so convicted? He knows what he did was wrong. And now he's exposed for it. Mm, Jesus doesn't condemn him. Mm, mm. Oh, hallelujah. Well, see here, it says also James and John, they're all they're the partners. They're partners. What, what has happened? He's got to call the partners in on it. He's got to call the partners in. My goodness, Lord, have mercy. They pull up, and they see what's taking place. Praise God. Let me, let me show something to you from uh, John 21. John chapter 21. Praise God. John 21, verse 6. The Lord's been raised from the dead. He's having fun now. Verse 5. He's on the beach. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. How come the, uh, the net didn't break? He threw a good net. Verse 8. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. How come the net's not breaking? Because it's a good net. They're using a good net. Verse 10, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Verse 11, Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land. Dragging this thing all over the place now. Drag it through the mud and the lower level water. Drag it up on the sand. Sure is doing good now. Drag the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, can you believe the next statement is actually in the Bible? The net was not broken. Can you believe that the Holy Spirit moved upon John as he wrote this inspired gospel and actually had John put that in the Bible that the net didn't break? Flashback to memories. Flashback three and a half years earlier. Mm, 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 mm. That is actually in your Bible on purpose. The net was not broken. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. If we examine it closely, you don't really need a psychiatrist. You don't need to lay out on a blue couch and pay $300 even for a psychologist to come see you. The Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you can counsel you. And as we get down to it, you actually can see through the teachings of Christ as revealed by the Holy Spirit of what the root problem is of so many griefs and frustrations in the lives of God's people who work all night and still don't catch nothing. Mm. Who give their all and still hardly have anything to show for it. And it is frustrating, isn't it? It is very frustrating, especially when there's bills to be paid. I know in the body of Christ that people can have challenges with sickness and disease. I minister often, along with my wife, to those who are sick in body, needing the touch of God's healing power. But I have to 
I have to admit that as I travel around the country, I see a greater struggle. I see a deeper frustration often found in even in, in finances. Often found in finances that people try so hard, yet still, yet still struggle financially. What is going on? What is going on? Why are there either not, why is there either poor results or at, at the, how come there's no epic results? Hmm. Even if he's try so hard, fish all night. Why? Are you ready for the Holy Spirit counselor? The Holy Spirit psychiatrist to minister to you today? Why? I'll tell you why. Because so often we think we're smarter than God. We think we're smarter than God. Jesus was honored by many as a rabbi, although it is apparent that he never went to the traditional rabbinical schools. Nevertheless, because of the wisdom of the word that he walked in, some of the religious leaders even addressed him as Rabboni, which meant basically master teacher. Don't let that fool you when Jesus was 12 years old at the temple, as if he's asking questions because he don't know anything. The Jewish sages did their deepest revelations of their knowledge, not by teaching you what they know, but by unloading on you wild questions that, that they could answer your questions they could answer what it is you want to ask by giving you a question. And that would unlock the, the that would even unlock the thing that you're looking for the answer for. So they, in other words, they taught by asking questions. Jesus at 12 was in the temple asking questions. He's teaching them. What does that say? He's literally teaching the experts. Mm. We know that he was honored as a rabbi by many. We know that it would appear he even wore the prayer shawl. When the woman who had the issue of blood couldn't stop bleeding for over a decade, constant day and night flow of blood, it says she touched the, the hem of his garment and she was healed. Is that in the B-I-B-L-E? And our Gentile minds, we think, yes, Jesus was walking by with his three-piece suit, and she reached out. And when he was passing by, she reached out and caught that edge of his suit. Woo, I got it now. Woo. Mm -mm. Mm. Must have been that Armani suit, them Gucci shoes. Mm. What a man. Mm. But I got it. But in the Jewish world, that's the zitzit. The hem of the garment is the, the corner of the prayer shawl that the rabbis wore. And when it says in the scriptures that there would be healing in his wings, the wings were considered the corner of the prayer shawl. And it was the zitzits, that's the little knots that are tied, looks like little ropes with knots tied in it, hanging at the four corners of the prayer shawl. That's what she reached out and touched. So we know he was recognized as an expert of the Word of God, as a holy man, as a 
man of the cloth, although you know he's not like religious, you know what I mean? He's not like, I belong to the domination so-and-so. He's, you know, you know, he's not like that. But he did have, he did have respect in the area of, that dude knows the word. I mean, he put the, he, he shut up the Sadducees and quieted the Pharisees. They couldn't handle his grasp of the word. Okay, so, so here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Jesus gets in the boat, and Peter thinks, this is nice. I know a great rabbi has just gotten into my boat. What an honor. I'm going to lend him my boat, help him out any way I can. Hope this don't take very long. I'm tired. I've been up all night long. But after Jesus is done teaching, he says, let's go out into the deep, not for sightseeing, but for a catch. And this, this is what happens to Peter, which is what happens to a lot of believers. We get into this thing where we think, Lord, you stay in your area as the respectable rabbi. But over here, this is my area. Lord, I know my area. You know your area. God, you stay over there, and I'll stay over here, and the two will never meet. Professional fisherman and a rabbi. Lord, I know fishing. You don't know fishing. Like I know fishing. Now I know that you know the Torah. And I know you've got the books of the Bible memorized. But that doesn't equate how to do what I do. This is my area. You, you stay in your area. I'll stay in my area. Don't come into my area because I know more than you do. We would never say that to the Lord. Oh, but our actions and our behavior betray our inner doubts sometimes. Praise the Lord. Mm. What Peter doesn't understand is that the God who made the fish just got in the boat with him. The God who made the blue whale that swims in the Pacific Ocean is now sitting in the boat with the fisherman who thinks he knows more than God. The God who made the stingrays. The God who made the great white shark is sitting there in the boat, and Peter thinks, I know more than him. Woo! Isn't this wild? The God who made the octopus with his eight arms. The God who made the giant squid that wrestles with the whale at crushing depths of, in the darkness of the ocean. It's now in your boat, and he wants to help you with your fishing. Woo! Mm. What Peter also doesn't understand is that when the Lord says, we need to go out into the deep, you need to let down your nets for the catch, Peter doesn't understand that already every fish in that lake is already going to that spot. Mm. Every fish in that lake is going right into that area where they're supposed to be. God's got everything planned out for you already. There is a path that God has for you that if you will walk on it, will lead you into a place where you'll be absolutely debt-free. I got one, praise God, way back there in the corner somewhere. Hallelujah. There is a path that God has already planned for you to walk on that if you'll just go there, you will have no lack in your life. Why? That's where the fish are at. That's where the fish are at. The problem is some people want to go over here. 
They don't, they don't, they not only think that God, you know, let me just say it like this. Sometimes people just don't think God knows what He's doing. They just think that God doesn't know what He's doing. Hmm. Please say this today. Say, God, you're so smart. You're smarter than me. Now, come on, I know, I know for some of you saying that, that are watching, I could, I, I, you're almost like, oh, no, he's not. Yes, he is. Say it again. Say, God, you're so smart. You're smarter than me. Mm. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. See, I'm a poet, but you didn't know it. No. <laughs> Let's go back to 1492. Sure was, sure was slow motion travel back in those days. Columbus, who most likely was a secret Jew, Columbus on his little boat exploring the new world. Hmm. Sure takes a long time to get around when you travel at six miles per hour or six knots per hour. What if, what if we could go back in time to 1492 and transport back to 1492? From today's moment, we all get in this time machine. We have to make the time machine really big. Let's take a 747 jet with us back to 1492. We're gonna need it, so we need a big time machine, right? So we could open up a time warp right here. We all could step through it. And let's squeeze this. Let's pull this big 747 jet and just roll it into, you know, the year 1492. We'll have to, we'll figure out how to build a runway for it once we get there. Let's just make sure it's fueled up, get a pilot, and let's get this thing back to 1492. And let's just all go back in time 500 years. Four, you know, 450 years. How about that? Okay. Let's say we got there. The plane's in good shape. We all made it. We thought, wow, that was cool. You know, things look so different. We don't have any skyscrapers. We don't have any, there's no cell phones. Even if you took it, it doesn't work. There's no cell phone towers. Uh, no, none of that. Okay. But we made it. We made it. Okay. Let's, uh, let's somehow get an asphalt runway. Oh, good. We've got one. Would the plane still fly if you took off with it? Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, because back, back then, it didn't work back then. It, it, it wouldn't have worked back then. It wouldn't have flown back then. God didn't know what he was doing back then. It's only today because we are so smart that we can fly today. Would the 747 jet have flown in 1492? You better believe it would have. Why? Because the laws of aerodynamics have always been around. Even when men didn't know about it. Even when women didn't understand it and nobody could unlock the code, God still knew. And the plane would have still flown back then. God knew it all the time. He established and put that law in order. God did. God did. Say, God, you're so much smarter than me. You know where the fish are at. You know where I'm supposed to be. You have ordered my life with a perfect plan. I grew up in school, and in junior high, 
This is a very unusual uh, two guys who are brothers. One of them was named Sonar, and the other was named Radar. I'm not joking. Radar and Sonar. I don't, I don't even remember what their last name was. Maybe their last name was Operator. I never even asked them their last name. But I'm serious. Their names were Radar and Sonar. I've had a very interesting life. I've met some interesting people. I heard Prophet Kenneth Copeland recently say that he heard about a, a, a study that was taken on a major university campus, you know, recently. Students going to get a higher education, going to an elite university, were asked a simple question by a surveyor. Does God understand radar? They almost all said, no, of course he doesn't. The brilliant students who will lead the world tomorrow said, no, of course God doesn't understand radar. He's just an old man with a long white beard sitting up somewhere in, on an old chair. No, no, how, 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 no, no. We, uh, now, of course, we understand. How was radar technology developed? by scientists watching bats who can fly blind and not bump into anything. Now, wouldn't that be nice if we could do that for airplanes? Let's use their same understanding, and let's apply it to a mechanical principle, and it worked. Oh, by the way, who made the bats? Somebody said God did. Whew, thank God there's no evolutionist in the room. I, I do not have enough faith to be an evolutionist. Mm. Somebody is seriously living a lie. Woo! 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 Somebody is seriously ignoring the white elephant in the room. Mm. Woo! Mm -mm. Does God understand sonar? Radar above sonar, things beneath the water. Could God understand sonar? Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, but our, our Navy has figured it out. Mm, yes, because men are so smart. Mm. Oh, wonder how they figured that out. Oh, by studying dolphins. Oh, who use sonar pings to know what's out in front of them and to communicate with the group. Oh, by studying killer whales who travel in pods and work together as a tribal unit and they ping back and forth with sonar. I wonder who made the who made the dolphins? The Lord God Almighty. Hmm. And he's sitting in the boat with Peter. And Peter thinks he knows more than God. Peter! Throw out the nets. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's a good one. You stay in the rabbinical school, and I'll stay in my boat. But since you don't understand, and since you're never going to know, here goes the net. He grabs that old rotten net, throws it out. And the Lord, see, he who laughs last, laughs best. The Lord knows what's about to happen. He knows every fish in that lake is underneath that boat now. <laughs> and he, he knows Peter's about to get me in for the shock of his life. And conviction is going to hit him so strong, he will fall before the Lord begging for forgiveness. Hmm. 
Talked to a great man of God one time. Mm. He said, Stephen, he said, back in World War II, I took a job in the military. Well, I didn't take a, do a job, you know, I just joined the military, and then, then you're assigned, based upon your testing and your skills, you're assigned to a certain position. He said, I was really good with electronics. He went on to open up a very large cable network, television network. This is when all of that was in infancy with cable TV. He later did that, then went into the ministry. But he was really good with electronics. He said, when I went into the military, the army saw my test results. He said, oh... He's the perfect guy for you-know-what. And they assigned him to be the radar operator, which had a fatality rate of 98.5%. If everybody that operated the radar, you got taken out first. <laughs> Why? We got to kill him first so we can fly in and bomb everybody. And since he's going to see us coming, he needs to be the first one to go. And they just got blown up and killed all over the place. He said, I figured I was going to die anyhow. Since I'm going to die, and I'm single, I might as well get married before I die. Now, he's a Christian. He's a young Christian at this time. And the witness of the Holy Spirit is, don't do it. Don't do it. His his idea, okay, Peter, right? Now, Lord, uh, you stay, look, now, Lord, you're good. You teach the Bible students. Lord, you help those in seminary. But I'm a military man. Lord, I'm probably going to die. This is my thing, Lord. You still over in your thing? This is my thing. He said, Lord, I'm going to die anyhow. I think I'll just get married. The witness of the Spirit, no, don't do that. He did it anyhow. He got married, and he never died. He never died. <laughs> and now he's married. And then the Lord, uh, you know, keeps moving him forward in life. He becomes a very wealthy businessman. And the Lord spoke to him one day. He told me this. He said, Stephen, he said, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, when your life ends, do you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Or do you want to hear... You brought cable television to thousands of people. He said, Lord, I want, I want the first one. And the Lord said, sell it all. Sell it all. He sold it all and became, he had a lot of money left over. And he began to use that money to sow it as seed into various ministries and things like that. The Lord called him into the ministry. He began to have problems. Why? His wife didn't think it was too hot of an idea. And the problems the problems. God raised him up. The higher he was raised up by the Lord, his wife, the persecution, the difficulties, the things he had to fight through, the things he had to overcome. Mm. Oh, by the way, same thing happened to John Wesley. Single for many, many years. Single for many, many years. Got married. Living hell. Living hell. Severe. 
Oh, oh, just, just, you talking about throwing a wrench into the system. This was like, almost like wrecking the system. Mm. But God, God, we know. Well, the Lord can help, and the Lord can bless. And the Lord did help his wife some, but it was still, it was still for years and years and years very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My friends, I believe that if we will follow a simple little format, then our net can be full, it won't break, thus now the boat can be full. See, later the boat got so full it started to sink, started to sink. Woo! And then we can truly have boatful type blessings. But I think we have to do a couple of things. Are you ready today? Number one, be willing to humble yourself and admit that God is smarter than you. Woo! Can you say yes? Oh, Pastor Stephen, not me. I'm an IT expert. Certainly God don't know anything about global GPS, internet, satellite, upload links. God doesn't know anything about that. God, God put all the stars and planets. He put all this stuff in orbit before people ever began to figure it out. Pastor Stephen, God doesn't understand laptop computers. Of course He does. All of this comes out of the, the genius of God filtering down to the minds of men. And all we're doing is tapping into natural laws that He created and then using them for our benefit and blessing. Whether it's the law of flight, um, other laws that scientists follow to get uh, payload up in the space and put satellites in the orbit. All of these things, they're all being worked on by laws that God put in the earth that He made, and we begin to understand them, unwrap them, and now we can apply them to the betterment of humanity. But He is so smart, and He knows right where you're supposed to be, and He wants to help you get there for a boatload wild catch. Mm. First thing you have to do, number one, Humble yourself and admit that God is smarter than you. Mm. Pastor Stephen, I think that applies to many people, but you don't understand. I have a Ph.D. <laughs> Brother, your Ph.D. ain't on the same level at all. Woo! I mean, Einstein couldn't even, he just touched far extremes of the very outward, most distant wisdom of God. Just got glimpses of it. Just got some glimpses of the majesty and the awe of God. Mm. I think He's in heaven today. One, one saint told me that they had a vision. They actually saw Einstein in heaven walking around with a laptop computer. I don't know what he was doing. I'm serious. I'm serious. I think he's there. I think somehow that at the end he, he, I think for years he dropped hints that he knew. He knew. But I think at the end he slipped into a personal relationship with the Lord. Blessed be his holy name. Hallelujah. Number one, if you want the boatload catches, 
You want to do it. You, you, want, you want to end permanently. You want to end your all-night fishing trips with no results. You want to end the frustration of great effort and hardly any results. Number one, humble yourself and admit that God is smarter than you. Woo! Mm. One more time, say, God, you are so smart. Mm. Number two, get His instruction. Okay, get His instruction. And if He says, launch out to the deep, man, start rowing. Put the sail up. Pull the anchor up. It don't, it don't matter. Whatever you have to do, go, go, go. Do, just get that instruction of the Lord. You have to get the instruction. Get the instruction. Number three, there's only four. Number three, once you've gotten those instructions from the all-wise God, number three, do not confer with flesh and blood. Do not go to somebody and say, God has sovereignly spoken to me. What do you think I should do? Well, now, hold on a minute. If you have really heard from headquarters, why, why are we going down to a lower quarters? If you, have, if you have received from the Most High the wisdom of God, why in the earth would you go get on the phone with, with your mother-in-law and say, I just need to bypass this to make sure you know that God knows what He's doing? Mm -hmm. And that you understand to step into that number three with great confidence, you have got to know that you've heard from God. Do you understand the validity of that weight, weightiness? Because that brings a tremendous confidence when you know. When you know. So if you don't know, find out. Take some time off. Get quiet before the Lord. And just wait. And that wisdom will come. And you'll know what you're supposed to do. Okay, so number one, humble yourself. Admit that God is wiser than you. Number two, get His instruction. Number three, don't confer with flesh and blood. Number four, get it done. Get it done. At all costs, get it done. Go get it done. If God tells you to build a building, and you, you, you followed the first three steps, He tells you to build a building, and you don't know what to do, but you've got the land, well, at least go out there and dig a hole. Right? Because you, you're going to at least have to clear the land, right? I mean, go out there with a tractor, or, or, or get rid of a bulldozer. Drive it yourself. And push some dirt around and at least get something started. Hallelujah. But get it done. God is with you too. God is with you. And, and if, yeah, get her done. And if you, if you just walk this and walk this, let Jesus get into your boat. I believe he'll show you exactly what you're supposed to do to get on the path to debt freedom. I, I think you'd be there within a year. I don't care if you have debt within seven figures. I think he'd get you there within a year. That's how powerful his wisdom is. When he said, go there, the fish are already there. By the time they got there, every fish in that lake was underneath that boat. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. And as you get on this path, of listening to the wisdom of God, knowing He's smarter than you. Woo! Mm. Mm. You're an investor. You're a stock investor. You you got your software. You got your training. You got you you got you've got good tips. 
sit in front of that laptop, open on the stock market, and pray in tongues as hard and fast as you can for an hour. Now, Lord, this is what the advisors have said. This is what those who have inside information, I'm not talking about insider, insider training, uh, trading, which is illegal, but those who are, you know, trying to pass tips back and forth to their buddies of what they think is going to go up or down. Okay, Lord, I've gotten some of this, I've gotten some of that. But sit in front of that computer and pray in tongues as strong and fast as you can for one hour. Like this. Why do I need to do that, Pastor Stephen? I've already studied this. I know what to do. Because God's smarter than you are. He can make you a millionaire in six months. He could turn your $2,000 into a million dollars. Who was that famous singer who sung the song, I did it my way? Who? I don't know if he made heaven. I won't even say his name. Beautiful singer. I don't even know if he made heaven. Why? Because he did it his way. Hmm. A lot of people in a very hot place today because they did it their way. Hmm. Hmm. God will give you eternal success. God will give you success while you're here and now. God will make your life on earth like a heaven on earth while you're here right now. And you will be a blessing to many. Your life will be a golden picture of Psalm 112. And wealth and riches will be in your house. And all that you touch is blessed. And you even leave a legacy behind you. Should the Lord tarry. Mm -mm. Right now. All over the studio, all over the world. Lift your hands. God wants to get in your boat. You all have different boats. Some of you have fishing boats. Probably very few that watch me are professional fishermen. That's okay. There's probably some who are. Others are investors. Others are school teachers. Others are scientists. Others are businessmen and businesswomen. Mm, but everybody wants to walk on the golden career path that God has for them. Others are students, elementary, high school, junior high. You better believe God's got a path for your, your life, young man, young woman. You better believe He does. This is just not some kind of a random thing you're supposed to float through and whatever happens, happens. D -d Deja vu. No, 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 no. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Not with the all-wise God in your boat. Mm-mm. He's got a specific place you're supposed to be. He's got a land of blessing that Psalm 66 says that this is the land of abundance. Lift your hands. Father, I just thank you. I ask right now with those with upraised hands and open hearts that Jesus, the wise, all-knowing master teacher, come now into their personal boat, into the lives of their heart, that any place of their heart previously where they would have said, God, I've got this. They say, God, I've never had it my whole life. I give up. God, come in and bring your epic proportion results that I could never do. If I stayed on this planet a million years, I could never do it. God, you come and take me into your results. Lift your hands and say, God, I worship you as the all-wise God. Now, Jesus, come get into my boat right now.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Something's going to happen. You will use the wisdom you have. You will use the knowledge you will have. You will use the understanding that you've gained, but you will come to a place where you realize this is necessary, this is good, but I cannot rely exclusively on this. I must rely on the Lord. I must walk in a constant humility where I want Superman in my boat. Mm. 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 Say, Jesus, you are my Superman. Mm. Mm. Say, Jesus, Jesus, you're stronger than Superman. You are my Superman. He's going to solve every single one of your problems. Now, what's going to happen is because some of you are in some situations of entanglement. The Holy Spirit is going to help you backtrack, make it right, and then fast track you forward. And you can't go forward all tangled up. So things will be untangled, made smooth, and boom, you're going to shoot so fast, so far forward. Now, Father, we thank you. Some, um, some instrumental, please, Shireen, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Just say, Jesus, show me what to do. You instructed Peter. I receive your instruction. Thank you, Jesus. You know why God doesn't talk to some people? I'm not talking about just in prayer in general, but specific answers. You know why God doesn't talk to some people? Because in order to receive instruction, you have to be humble, and they won't receive it. Why? They think they know more than God. And if your heart's like that, He won't teach you. Mm. But your, your, your heart is open and tender. No more overnight unsuccessful fishing expeditions. I say that over your life that those days from this moment on are finished. From now on, now on, high productivity. And you watch that as you move into that place, everything starts working. Everything starts flowing. Everything is the way it's supposed to be. Why? You're, you're doing what the Lord's telling you to do. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Bless your people. Seal this word. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. Some of you that watch me, I may not be your pastor, but even still, you still don't tithe. My online church members, they, they tithe into this ministry. Why? It's a storehouse that feeds them spiritually. Some of you, you have, you have other churches that you belong to. That, that's fine. I'm glad you're still watching, receiving the nourishment of the Word. But even still, you still don't tithe, even if you have another church home somewhere else. Why? You think you're smarter than God concerning finances. And all God is asking for is 10%. And you're telling Him, no, Lord, I need all 100% because I've got to do this. I've got to, I know what I'm doing. And all God is saying is, let me have 10%. 
and I'll so bless your 90. I'll so touch and bless your 90. And the truth is that the reason that many Christians do not tithe is the truth of it is actually that they think they're smarter than God. But God established a spiritual system, a law in the earth where he actually established a platform that works regardless of crisis, famines, situations and financial cycles in the earth. There is a platform where you can move onto a financial covenant that is just as sure as the sun coming up in the morning and the moon coming out at night. It's just as solid and reliable as winter and summer, cold and heat, day and night. Why? It's on the same, it's on the same law. It's a law. It has to work. And if you work it, it will work for you. And if you don't, you're on your own. And it's a tough, cruel world out there. That's why many people describe it as the rat race. Why? They're just trying to keep their nose above water. They're not trying to thrive. They can, all they can think about is surviving. Maybe a little extra. But that's not God's will for you. Honor the Lord with your tithe. Honor the Lord by those times when you sow special seed. And move on to that stable platform of covenant prosperity. Mm. Father, we worship you. We worship you. Let's honor the Lord now with our giving. For those of you that are bringing the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse of God by mail, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, zip code 28117. Those of you that are bringing your tithes and offerings in online, please go to the ministry website stephenbrooks.org there's a link on the home page called tithes and offerings sow and reap and you can go there right now and bring them in those in the audience if you are making out a check please make it out to Stephen Brooks International glory be to God and let's pass the offering basket in house if you're still preparing you're giving just take a moment but if you're ready to put it in just put it in pass it around and let's have it brought up to the front I want to put my hands on it I want you to know those that give online and those that also mail in your giving that we touch and bless your giving, your tithes, your giving. We lay our hands on it. We pray over it. We pray for you to receive God's highest return. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's bring that forward. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we bless the tithes and offerings in the studio. We bless the tithes and offerings being sown online. Bless your people, Father God. Jesus, get in their financial boat and make it all right. Get in their financial boat and help them to get the catch they need, the job they need, the provision they need, the resources they need, the investments that produce. Tie them in, O oh God, to your fruitful vine. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I smell candles burning. Candles. Hallelujah. Many spiritual things 
going on in the atmosphere right now with angels and supernatural experiences. Revelation is flowing right now. For those of you that are watching, Revelation is flowing right now with ideas and how to put things in order, how to make things right. God's going to clean up your financial boat. It's going to be so strong. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pass out the communion elements to those that are in the studio. Praise God. Those of you that are watching online, grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread, if you have that. And let's all take communion together today. I'm so happy that you're here, joining us online. God's blessings are reaching deep into your life. Praise God. God is shining His light upon you, lifting you up. Praise the Lord. The blessings of Abraham coming all over your life. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says that because of what Christ did for us at Calvary, the blessings and the heavy blessing that was on Abraham's life has now come upon the Gentile believers. Praise God. Abraham was very rich in cattle, silver, and gold. You might not need some cattle, although you might want a T-bone steak or filet mignon. But I think many people could use some silver and gold. Hallelujah. In other words, some financial empowerment. God's doing it. As we receive the communion today, and we celebrate Christ's death for us at Calvary, I want you to see Him as the smartest person you've ever met in your life. I want you to see Jesus as smarter than anybody else, wiser than anybody else, more brilliant than anybody else, and that He, by the Holy Spirit, will be putting your life in perfect order. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the flesh and the blood of Jesus. We consecrate this. This now is the body of the resurrected Lord, and this is the blood of the second person of the Trinity. And Father, as we receive the body of Christ, we celebrate his death that through his death we have life we expect his soon return we've got a lot to do and a little time to do it so we thank you for expediting every blessing we receive his body and celebrate him now let's partake Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for his patience, his mercy, his ability to teach us, his willingness to teach us even when we've been very stubborn, just like Peter. <laughs> Lord, we thank you that it, it has taken us a while to some things to learn to get it right. But we thank you for your patience and that we thank you that your whole intention is to do us good. You're getting us to where you want us to be, and it's only going to get better. We bless you. Father, we receive the blood of Jesus now. Amen. Let's drink.
Praise God. All right, let's sing a song to the Lord as you're watching. Lift your hands, worship the Lord, and then let's see what the Holy Spirit would like to do today for personal ministry. thank you that you're working for our our benefit you're working for our empowerment to bless and touch as many lives as possible through us your people thank you father god that that jesus is in the boat with us helping us he said i will never leave you nor forsake you we think that he's always available to guide us to help us lord we have opened our heart today for full instruction we thank you oh God that Jesus our Superman is in the boat we thank you father that Jesus is also our healer we celebrate him and acknowledge him today 
as the healer of our bodies because he made them. And so he knows how to fix them. <laughs> Lord, we praise you in your great wisdom. We look to you as the keeper of the OEM department. As in a vehicle with a manufacturer, it's always best to replace a broken part with something from the original manufacturer. And so we know that comes from your factory, O oh God. You're able to heal today. Lord, let your healing power come down today by the power of your Holy Spirit. Touch and heal our bodies. Let things be made strong in you. Thank you, O oh God. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Anybody here today with an elbow problem? Wave your hand at me if you have, you have an elbow problem. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All elbows in the studio, good. Somebody watching, uh, it's a left elbow right in this area. I believe something has even been chipped or broken. God's going to heal it right now. That's you. Just put your hand on your elbow. Father, I pray for that elbow right now that's been debilitated. I believe it was a fall and just something broke. So, Father, by your power, I just released your anointing right now. Jesus, thank you that you're touching that elbow right now with healing grace, healing power. Receive, be healed in the name of the Lord. Now begin to move it around. Watch the anointing, it's getting stronger. Begin to move it around. Begin to move it around. God's power, it's all over your elbow. Begin to move it around. Move it, move it, move it. Now, now go do some push-ups. Glory. Command all the pain to leave out of it. All the pain to leave out of it because it's like it's been causing arthritis, arthritic conditions. Command all of that to leave in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to the Lord. Somebody, it's like you've been losing your voice. And it's even impaired greatly your ability to sing. It's almost like you can't even sing anymore. It's like something has drained down and has greatly uh, reduced even your vocal volume. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody in the studio, raise your hand if that's you. If it's, if it's not... We have, the, we have the world watching. Thank you, Father God. So, Lord, touch that person. Just put your hand on your throat. You'll feel, the moment you do, you'll feel the, the glory of God touch that area. Lord, touch them now. Receive healing for your throat. Thank you. you may, uh, somebody, you've even had operation on your throat, and that it didn't work, didn't work too good. And so that, that's made it even more difficult. God's healing you right now. And you need, to, you need to honor the Lord by singing His praises now. Just begin to sing right now, and all of that will loosen up, and your vocal cords will come back to the way God originally made them to be, with the strength that's needed. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, anybody in the studio, there's something wrong with your body. Wave your hand at me. You need God to touch your body, okay? Uh, you two on the front, please come stand right here. Yes, come on up. 
praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. How are you today? We're so glad you're here. What do you need? Uh, one of my this boat under under the hill. Uh-huh. I got pain. I you got have pain. Bone. I got a bone that's coming out from here. Too. Pushing a bone, pushing out right there. That's going out. Yes. Okay. Looks like it's even pushing your shoe out some. Okay. What do you need? She needs her back. Yes, and her hair. Her hair is going out when she washes. Okay. And over here. Over. Ovaries? Yes. Okay. Pastor Kelly, stand right here. Come right here, my brother. Father, I just thank you that your anointing is flowing right now. And I just pray over that foot. I rebuke any planter ascitis in the name of Jesus loose him now in the name of the Lord I command that bone come back come back in bone spur that thing that bone that's extending out come back into alignment be healed all bones in that area come back into your allotted location by the Lord thank you Father God in the name of Jesus receive thank you Father God thank you Father God Lord, touch the back. Now, in the name of Jesus, healing power coming down your back. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, touch the ovaries. Touch her body. Healing anointing in the name of Jesus. Receive. Receive all through your body. There it goes. Amen. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Lord, yes, restore the hair. Thank you, Father God. In the name of the Lord, no more hair loss in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. God bless you. God bless you. It's going to be all right. Just go out, walk around. You don't see well in that eye. Lord, just touch him right now. In the name of Jesus. Healing anointing. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. When you open your eye, open it with faith now. Amen. Amen. Feel better, yes. Yes, yes. yes. It's getting better, yes. Okay. Let's go walk around in the back of the studio a little bit. That bone, little bone's going to slip right back the way they're supposed to be. You're here today. You need prayer for your body. Wave your hand at me. Yes, sister, right there. Yep, come on up. Praise you, Jesus. Just stand right here just for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Somebody, you're watching me, and you have you have a situation where there's, there's some rot in your body, like gangrene. You're watching me in a place where you can't, you can't, you can't get the treatment. They don't have the antibiotics that are needed to, to heal your situation. And the virus is out of control. But for whatever reason, you're able to pick this up somehow on the internet. So I just release the healing power of God right now. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. You have, you have leprosy. I release, I release the anointing in your body. Now, in Jesus' name, receive. Receive. And watch the Lord restore life back to your flesh. Even that which would look dead, watch it, the blood's going to start flowing through it again. Life's going to come back. So, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for all of that drying up today, today, in Jesus' name. Amen. What do you need? Okay. I have a hole in my retinas, and um, the vision is like really blurry. Okay. It's like um, really distorted. Okay. Praise God. Were you born with that? Had it for a couple of years. Okay, what else do you need? Um, I've got digestion issues. I'm not sure if it's a leaky gut or irritable. Okay. That's All right. Okay, so the Lord's going to touch that digestion situation first. Pastor Kelly, if you put your hand on her tummy. So, Father, I just thank you. The, the fire, the healing power comes now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I just rebuke that in the stomach in the name of Jesus. As you're laying there right now, the Lord's touching your eyes. And Lord, those retinas, touch them now in Jesus' name. A miracle, a miracle in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord's doing it for you right now. Hallelujah. hands going into your stomach right now. So we thank you, Father. She is healed from this. From now, from henceforth. Healing. Thank you in the stomach. Thank you, Father. No more digestive problems. Thank you, Father. Your energy is going to go to a new level. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for the calling and the assignment that you have over her life. For provision coming, strength, joy coming. New level of joy is going to come back to you in a great, great measure with laughter. Father, we just give you praise. We just give you praise, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Any bitter experiences, Lord's washing those away, healing you now. So, Father, we thank you for those eyes, those holes closing up now. Oh, the fire of God's all over here. It's all over my hand right now, but I don't need to touch her because the Lord's touching her. So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Who else you're here? Do you need prayer? Wave your hand if you need prayer. Anybody else? Come forward right now if you need prayer. Father, there we is thank someone you. watching online, um, Stephen, I'm getting, someone has a goiter on their neck. Okay. And uh, in the name of Jesus, whoever you are right mm -hmm. now, just put your hand in that place on your neck. And we just thank you, Lord, for healing, sending your healing power right now in the name of Jesus into that neck area. Right uh, it, It's a woman. And I just thank you, Lord, for causing that goiter to fall off. In the name of Jesus, we command that goiter to come off now. Yes. To shrink dissolve and to completely fall off in the name of Jesus. Yes. We thank you for that, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The sinus conditions are being healed right now. You don't have to live with allergies. Lord, touch those that are being troubled by allergies. Dry it all up, Father, in Jesus' name. Healing power. Sneezing. Itchy. Watery eyes healing right now into your body for that in Jesus name thank you father God 
Lord, we give you praise and glory. We give you praise and glory. Let's sing to the Lord for a moment, Sheree. Put your hand on that part of your body where you need God to touch you. Father, I pray for that person watching right now that needs that touch of your healing power. Lord, make them whole. Get ready, it's fixing to come. Lord, you're going to take a part from the original factory. You're going to put an original factory part back in. comes out anointing father touch them now in Jesus name receive receive God's touching that part of your body right now God's touching it right now now lift your hands begin the praising begin the praising now begin to move around begin to move around begin to do what you could not do before praise God thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just keep moving around. What you couldn't do before, just keep doing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, O Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord's touching children right now, your children. Father, touch those whose children need a touch from you. And this is not just for those that may be in disobedience or having troubles this is also for this is a touch of blessing for those that are also living right and serving you lord touch their children and those that do need a pull and some extra grace to get out of some situations that aren't good lord release that help right now because we're in your glory we're in the anointing and you're answering prayers 
Father, you pulled David up out of the miry clay. Go pull those children up out of those situations that have, have gotten themselves in the situations they can't. They can't. They don't know how to get out of it. Lord, pull them out. We release the angels. Go get them out of the mud of the world. Get them back into the right relationship with God. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for healing power. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We bless you. Uh, there's an anointing right now for travel. If you, if you want to travel, maybe you've been a little bit land-tied land a little too long to maybe a certain location. You want to go out and take a little break, go out and do something. Just lift your hands right now. Say, Lord, I'd like to take a little trip. Maybe even a little trip around the world. Okay? Just lift your hands. Holy Spirit showing you where you could go. God will help you. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. God's just filtering. Somebody wanted to go to Las Vegas to gamble. We had a, God's filtering just for a moment. Okay. Delight yourself in your in the Lord to give you the desires of your heart. Just has to be the right desire. Okay. A little filtering going on. Okay. I, th I think you've got it pulled up on the spiritual radar. Father, bless them. Let them go be refreshed and spend time with you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. God, there's a spiritual purpose. God's behind it. He'll bless it. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Uh, when you were saying that, Pastor Stephen, I was getting that someone watching... Uh, has been landlocked and I just I saw the Lord coming and unlocking that situation for you and it's a move that's coming and uh, you've been inquiring of the Lord where are we supposed to move uh, you're just not getting any answers but I, I just believe uh, if you will take three days to fast and pray then you will have your answer the wisdom of the Lord will come and you will know exactly where you and your family are supposed to go in Jesus name hallelujah Lord, we praise you. Thank you. Jesus is in your boat. Everything's going to be all right. Praise the Lord. I just say this. Say, Jesus, you are so smart. He's going to show you things you could have never seen on your own. And when he shows it to you, please say this. Say, Jesus, you're so smart. Woo. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we bless you. Lift your hands. I want to speak a blessing over you as we get ready to leave. Father, surround your people with your wisdom. Thank you, Father. Fill their boats. Fill their boats with extraordinary testimonies of your goodness. Give them testimonies that when they share it and tell it, that people are staggered by it. And it ignites faith as a catalyst in everybody who hears it. And they'll say, God can do it for me too. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Give your people new homes, paid off. 
Give your people wonderful vehicles, new vehicles paid off. Give your people spiritual gifts. Give your people anointing, love for the lost. Let your people flourish in every area of their life for your glory. Thank you, Father. Let your wisdom flow, Father. Now, Father, let the, the Savior's touch of humility be on our lives. I see that you're going to send wise people to your people in the name of Christ, in the order of Christ, with the answers they need. But they must be humble in order to receive from the servant that you send. For the answer is clothed in humility. We thank you, Father. Let us hear the Savior's voice through that person. Thank you, Father. We thank you for ears to hear. In Jesus' name, bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Shout amen. Amen. Praise God. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.